right, welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops podcast, brought to you by Super Chicks, the home of the last true chicken sandwich. As the weather warms up, remember, Super Chicks has outdoor seating, and if it gets too hot, there's plenty of AC inside. Visit their website for their menu and locations at superchicks.com, and remember, it's chicks with an X.com. On this episode, Utah signee Lawson Lovering joins the podcast to discuss why he ended up with the running Utes and much more. Plus, we've got plenty of Pac-12 portal news to get to, another visitor for the running Utes over the weekend, and much more from both sides of the basketball facility, and a small piece of scheduling news. That's called a tease. But first, I wanted to remind you that you can follow me on Twitter, at Running Hoops, you can rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Got a very nice review earlier this week or maybe late last week from Iceberg underscore 33 who said, Great guests and content, a must follow for Running Utes fans. Love the dedication to Utah basketball on the podcast. I believe that this podcast is literally playing a key role in engaging the Utah basketball fan base and bringing fans interest level Back to the current team, the guests that Andrew has had on are always good and having BC as an NIL-sponsored athlete this year was new and interesting access. I'm a huge fan, and thank you for all the efforts. Go Utes. Well, thank you, Iceberg underscore 33, for those kind words. That's the goal here, is to bring back some interest into the forgotten sport at Utah, which is men's basketball. So thank you again. Keep those ratings and reviews coming. Also, you can support the show on Venmo. Over at Running Hoops, we'll be working on some NIL stuff through the offseason and in the next season, and that's what those donations will go to. Well, it has been another busy week in the Pac-12 in terms of players coming and going. We'll try to hit all of them here for you, but no guarantees as information is fast and furious these days. Let's start with the NBA draft. Arizona forward Azulis Tabellis is entering the NBA draft. He is not expected to return to the Wildcats next season. So it would appear that he is going to pursue a pro career, whether it's in the NBA or somewhere else. It's probably the right move for him. Uh, You know, he probably maxed out his college potential. I don't know that he was going to get a better look at the NBA with having another really all Pac-12 level season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Remember, Dalen Terry at Arizona last year was a second round pick heading into the NBA draft process and he worked his way all the way in to the first round so it certainly could happen with Azulis Tabellis and then the other NBA draft entrant from this past week was UCLA's Amari Bailey and this appears to be a full steam ahead move to the NBA Bailey really elevated his game towards the end of the year once Jalen Clark went out with an injury but you've got to wonder if another year of college would have done him some good, especially with coaching at UCLA and playing in those big games. Now, in terms of transfers out, former Washington State guard TJ Bamba is transferring to Villanova. That's a big loss for the Cougars. They also lost forward center Jack Wilson, who is transferring to Minnesota. I believe he was that former football player that joined the team late in the season after football was over. I could be wrong on that, but he's a big body guy, so he's heading to Minnesota. Former Arizona guard DJ Horn is transferring to NC State. Former Cal center Lars Tiemann is transferring to Loyola Marymount, so that's a nice get for friend of the podcast, Stan Johnson. 
He has had a very nice offseason in the transfer portal. Former USC guard Malik Thomas is transferring to San Francisco. So the WCC loading up on some Pac-12 talent. And then Arizona State forward Duke Brennan is in the portal. He's a former four-star kid. No destination for him just yet. In terms of interesting transfer news, former Utah State guard Stephen Ashworth is heading to Creighton. He had interest from BYU and Washington, so he stays off the Utah schedule for now. In transfer-in news, Arizona State has added a commitment from LSU's Adam Miller, a guard who began his career at Illinois and averaged 11.5 points per game last season for the Tigers. And then Stanford has added a commitment from Providence transfer, Jared Bynum, a guard who averaged 10 points per game last year. So it's another piece for Jared Haas to underachieve with up there on the farm. In other commitment news, UCLA picked up a commitment from French guard Ilian Fibluli. Totally botched that name. He's 6'6". He's purported to be one of the top international prospects. We go live to Mick Cronin for an opening statement on this commitment. My opening statement is it just took 33 minutes to get me in here, which is ridiculous. I don't know what to tell you, Mick. Sometimes you just got to wait. I just That's just how it is. That's life. Part of life is waiting. Just got to be a little patient. In returning player news, Oregon forward Infale Dante has announced that he will return for a fifth season with the Ducks. So that's nice news for Dana Altman as he continues to retool his roster up there in Eugene. Now, a couple of notes from the women's side of the basketball facility. And this first one is kind of cool. So Kelsey Plum, who plays in the WNBA for the Las Vegas Aces, she went to Washington. Vegas is the defending WNBA champions. She's holding this pro-level skills camp called the Dog Class. And she invited Utah guard Gianna Neepkins to that event, which is a really nice honor for Neepkins. And they've had some video and other things like that out there from this camp. And it looks like it's a really good experience for her. So that's really cool. The Lady Utes are also adding a transfer from BYU, Alyssa Blank, who spent one year with the Cougars and now heads up to Salt Lake. She's 6'2", and she played her high school ball at Olympus. Utah women's basketball also put out a bat signal of sorts that another commitment might be coming, but I asked friend of the podcast, Gavin Peterson, about it, and he gave me nothing, not one thing. So thanks for nothing, Gavin. Anyway, we'll keep an eye out for that. Maybe we'll have that for our next episode. And then back over to the men's side of the facility, Utah had a visit in this weekend from Washington's Cole Bajma. Now, Bajma is a guard who averaged 8.8 points per game this past season and four rebounds. He's a 39% shooter from the field and a 36% shooter from the three. He would be a fifth-year senior So he would be at Utah for just one year. All indications are that the visit went well. I believe Gabe Madsen was his host, and so we'll see how that progresses. Obviously, we'll be here for you if he commits to Utah with a full breakdown of what Utah would be getting, again, if he does commit. Now, one last piece of news before we get to that Lawson Lovering interview. The only thing worse than a Utah Ute. Let me just say, if anybody knows where I pulled that clip from, be the first one to reach out to me at Red and Hoops on Twitter, and I will find a prize to send you. Nevertheless, the podcast has learned from multiple sources 
that Utah will host BYU on December 9th in the Huntsman Center. That is a Saturday. It's a week after the Pac-12 championship game in football, and the only thing it may conflict with is the Heisman ceremony for Cam Rising. But other than that, clear those schedules and plan to get to the Huntsman on December 9th. That is the last game in a current four-game series with BYU. The Cougars beat Utah in Provo this last season. little revenge may be on the minds of the Utes, so get to the Huntsman Center December 9th. Mark your calendars. That is when Utah will host BYU. So again, what we know so far is that the season starts on November 6th. Utah heads to Charleston, South Carolina, the 16th, 17th, and 19th of November to play in the Charleston Classic, and then they host the Cougs on December 9th. That's all we know at this juncture, but in addition to being portal season, it's schedule a season. So I'm sure that news will come fast and furious, especially once the portal closes in about a month or so, and we will have all that schedule news for you right here on the podcast. Speaking of the schedule, we know Utah's going to play Colorado twice next year. How is it going to feel for Lawson Levering when he returns to Boulder next year? We'll discuss that and more with the newest member of the Running Utes right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey everyone, now that we are officially in April and in spring, I think it's safe to say that we are in dad bod season. And if you want to show off that dad bod, there's only really one place to go, and that's Fly Fit Tees. These are tees that are shaped to fit your dad bod, and it won't look like you're walking around in a big square shirt from a big box store like Costco or Sam's Club or Walmart. With a blend of ring spun cotton and polyester, it's the perfect t-shirt for any occasion. Picnic at the park? Definitely. A day at the beach? You betcha. And at the Utah 22 Forever Spring Game? Of course. Listeners of this podcast can get 30% off their first order by using the promo code RUNNINHOOPS at checkout or by going directly to flyfittees.com slash runninghoops. That website again, flyfittees.com slash runninghoops. Tiger Campbell and miss. Inside, Lawson Lovering lays it in. Briggs, The dunk by Lovering. Six and in, six and short. Lovering back up. Back to Lovering for two. All right, my next guest was the first player that Craig Smith and company pulled out of the transfer portal. And they didn't have to go very far to get him. Former Colorado center Lawson Levering. Lawson, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. On March 21st, I saw the news that you entered the portal and I tweeted the following. Surprising move by the Colorado big man. He made made some strides this season. So walk me through this decision to to jump in the portal in the first place and kind of what made you want to leave the buffs? Uh, For me, I realized it just wasn't a good fit for me. I tried to give it my all uh, my two years there. I thought I could fit somewhere else a lot better, just the system and the culture, the surrounding school. So I just thought now would be the time if I, if I wanted to make a change, and I capitalized on that time and did it. And how quickly did you zero in on, on Utah, and what is it about Utah that made you want to transfer in? I'm pretty familiar with the area. I used to play a lot of basketball in Utah in my high school days know some people in the, in the area as well because because of that. I know there's a great basketball culture there. I loved uh, this coaching staff at Utah. I love Craig Smith and staff. And I thought I could, you know, have a chance to really develop uh, at Utah. 
given what, who they have and the facilities and everything. So, I mean, all-encompassing, all I think it's a, it's a great, great place to be and play basketball. Was it strange at all that you were just a few weeks removed from beating them in Boulder and, and seeing all those Utes in the, in the handshake line and then all of a sudden you're talking to Craig Smith and Chris Burgess about joining the Utes? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. It happened so quickly. <laughs> the tides flip so fast. But I mean, it's just it's part of the part of the game, and you know, you're always even at, at Colorado. I would have had a lot of new teammates this next year if I would have stayed. Just call it basketball, or just you you're around so many new guys all every year. Um, I, you know, it hasn't really changed for me. I'm just going to a different program. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So, uh, in terms of your role, you know, obviously you're a seven one center, right? So there's not you know, it's not like they're going to have you play point center. But uh, I mean, unless that's something you want to do. But uh, have you been given, you know, any sort of indication of, you know, what your role will be with the running Utes and, you know, how you can help this team? My role, I mean, obviously I can come in and I'm going to play defense and rebound right off the bat. My, of course, my role isn't secure. you got to work for it. Uh, so I, I'm not quite sure exactly what my role is. I have kind of an idea, but all I know is nothing's guaranteed. And so I'm not really going in thinking about what role I have. I'm thinking about what role can I earn. So that's that's what I'm coming in with. What's it been like for you to go up against a guy like Brandon Carlson these last two years? And then how does it feel knowing that you might, might get to play with him next year? Man, that'd be a, it'd be pretty pretty uh, cool to play with him uh, next year. He's been, he's been an amazing player in the Pac-12. Uh, it'd be great to learn from him. I bet he has lots of knowledge and experience that he can pass down. And I think it'd be great to play with him. And he's got a very versatile skill set. So I think it, it would be possible, um, especially for his shooting ability, which I think would be kind of exciting to have two centers on the court. Uh, I mean, you don't see that very often. So I think that'd be <laughs> super cool. Well, and one of the things that, that Utah really struggled with this year was the size of some teams in the league like Stanford and USC. So having you guys in there next to each other, maybe even a guy like Kabakeda coming in at the three, you know, that, that would be like, you know, you better make your shots because you're not getting in the lane against those three guys, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kaba's great. He's, a, he's great down there in the paint. I think he's a great center, so I think it'd be a crazy trio of, of, uh, of big guys out there. So in terms of your game, you know, we've all read the stats, you know, nearly five points and five boards per game this last year. What elements of your game do you think you haven't shown so far in two seasons at Colorado? Because I've heard from a, a source pretty close to you that you're a pretty decent shooter. Yeah, I, my... Uh... My confidence in my, my shooting has kind of gone downhill these past two years. I'm um, trying to build that back up. I know I have that ability. It's just a matter of, you know, getting that mindset back that I can shoot that ball. And I mean, hopefully coming this next season, I can get that back and be able to make them in games. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a big emphasis this offseason, which will, it turns out to be, turns out to follow through with uh, my plan of getting my outside shooting back. I mean, it'll, help my game tremendously. So that's how I'll probably help out my stats there. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, you know, just, just losing your confidence and, and, you know, as a, as an athlete, you know, division one athlete, highly recruited, you know, going to school and then maybe having things not necessarily go the way that you thought they would. And so you lose that confidence. Can you just kind of talk through that a little bit? Yeah. You go in and 
you think uh, you, you, you know you shot well most of your basketball career you go in and there's different standards and you know in times you just don't you just don't live up to those standards and so you um, you're kind of backpedaling and almost digging yourself into a bigger hole because you're so worried that about the next shot and so it's just uh you just kind of get in this rut and I, I've been in that rut for a while but I've kind of capitalized on it and try to work on my post game more instead but I'm trying to climb out and I think I'll get out so it's a process and uh, you just I just got to keep working at it. How about those free throws? You gonna work on those too? Yeah, yeah I got to improve on those for <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> That's okay. It's a small yeah. sample size. It was you only it was yeah. like only eighteen or something like that. Yeah, those those have been uh those have been a struggle in my college career so far. Again, I got to get my confidence back um, with my free throws. So uh, it's it's a it's, like I said, it's a process, and I'm just gonna try to keep improving every day. That's all I can really do right now. So looking back at, at this past season at Colorado, I mean, you started all 34 games for the Buffs. You had some really nice performances, most notably the the 21-7 and against Utah Valley in the NIT, but you also had 14 rebounds against USC in L.A., and that was a team Utah struggled to get rebounds against. What are some of the highlights for you this past season? Uh, some of the highlights... I, I mean, I love playing in the Pac-12 tournament. Even that, even that game where we lost to UCLA, I love uh, being on that stage and having that type of pressure. I like being big games like that. Also, Utah Valley, really enjoyed that game, even though we lost. Um, NIT was a pretty cool experience, even though it's not where we wanted to be. Yeah, just honestly, just the big games. Like when we played Tennessee and Nashville, we beat them there. I love playing in that game. Really fun game. So the big games, I. Those are those are my calling. So are you are you ready for the big games at Utah, like hosting BYU this year? Oh man, I, that's a crazy rivalry. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that one for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. What is your uh, what's your timetable in terms of when you'll be at Utah and when you're going to get to start working out with the team? I think I'll get to Utah probably around late May, um, and I think we start our workouts June second. So I'll just kind of try to get acclimated there for maybe a week and then get in the workouts starting June 2nd, yep. And then will you have two years to play, or do you get a COVID year too? Uh, yeah, I only have two years. I, I missed that cutoff by one year. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I got, I got to ask you this. Uh, your freshman year, you got to play with Evan Batty and Jabari Walker, and those were two guys that, I mean, they're pros – but they really, they really brought a ton of energy. They made, you know, Boulder a really tough place to play. What was it like getting to come in as a freshman and play with those two guys? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty amazing to watch. Um, you know, and, you know, half the year I was injured, so I, was, I got to watch on the sidelines and kind of observe what they were doing out there. And yeah, they're both tremendous players, obviously, because you see where they're at now. But yeah, they just have, they just have that. They just, they're fiery and they, they love to win and they love to compete. Those guys would, would work hard every single day. Uh, very vocal guys. And you, you can tell they love what they do because they just they, they played so well in the Pac-12. They really they really lived being a, a college basketball player. Did uh, did Evan beat you up in practice? Yeah, he uh, it was uh, it was pretty difficult to guard him last last year. Um, practice there's there's times I'm like, man, does this guy miss? Like <laughs> he just wouldn't miss. He was just so experienced and knew what he was doing. He's so much stronger than me, so much bigger. And I was a little freshman, kind of. I'm I'm just weaker than I am now, um, and I was just kind of getting thrown around out there. But 
I uh, really lo- learned a lot. I toughened up a little bit, and uh, he's he was a, he was a great teacher and mentor for me my freshman year. I'm really grateful that he was he was there because he was a fantastic leader, fantastic leader. Have you thought much about what it'll be like to walk back into the CU Event Center and play against the Buffs? Oh man, it'll be hostile. I feel like it'll be hostile, but uh, I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm I'm excited to go play back there again. I mean, that's cool that. I can I can be able to do that by staying in the Pac-12 and yeah I mean it's going to be fun but it's, it's also going to be kind of crazy and hostile and chaotic but uh, I mean I'm excited. Yeah, I, so I live in Colorado and I've been up there a couple of times and I've been super impressed. Like I mean that game that that they that uh, they played against Utah, you know, last game of the season, the Buffs didn't really have anything to play for. They were kind of you know you're kind of locked into the nine seed in the Pac-12 tournament and the students and the fans were there and they were crazy and it just made it a really really tough environment for the Utes. Yeah, they uh, given that like the the crowd really shows out um, at the see in that center. Uh, they they come for most games, especially conference games. So uh, they're they're always there. It's a uh, it's pretty impressive sometimes. Yeah. What's the one food joint that you're gonna miss in Boulder? There's this uh, there's this place called Wild Pastures that uh, I go to quite a bit. It's just this little burger place, but uh, I, don't know, I just love the burgers. So I've seen. I think I've seen that. So my my office is in Boulder. I work from home, but my office is in Boulder. Yeah. But I think I've I think I've seen that one. I'll have to I'll yeah. have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Torchies guy myself. You like Torchies? Yeah, Torchies. Yeah, yeah. Torchies is great. Yeah. Um, all right, I will. Uh, I, I've got. Let's see. I'll get you out of here on a couple more questions. What's the number one thing you need to work on before you get to Utah? You said it. Free throw shooting. I'm shooting from the outside. I think that's the, the thing that'll open up my game. So along with uh, maybe a little bit more ball handling skills, uh, just kind of also open up some more avenues. So just kind of expanding, being being more versatile, uh, being more comfortable doing different different things out there. So and then what's one thing that you want the fans to know as you join the Utes? I would just say I'm a I'm a pretty pretty reserved guy. Just loves playing basketball. Really, that's really it. <laughs> simple and easy. I like that. I'm, I'm a very simple guy. Very simple guy. Don't got don't got much flair to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's probably that's probably why Boulder was a little bit of a culture shock for you. Right, right, right. <laughs> come from come from Wyoming. All right. Well, you told me you don't do much social media, so we'll skip that for now. But Lawson, thank you for joining me, and good luck this season. Yeah. Well, well thank you. All right. My thanks to Lawson Lovering for jumping on the podcast with me. I've really admired his game from afar, and I see the potential that he has, especially in a Craig Smith system that really features and caters to bigs. So it'll be interesting to see how he can help the running Utes here in the next couple of seasons. Now, you may have heard some heavy breathing that almost sounds like snoring in there during the interview, and potentially the pitter-patter of little feet. That is, once again, my dog, Daisy making an appearance on the podcast. I assure you I was not sleeping during the Loss and Lovering interview. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Running Hoops podcast. I want to thank you as always for listening. Please follow me on Twitter at Running Hoops. Keep those ratings and reviews coming in over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and throw the podcast a few shekels on Venmo if you feel so inclined at Running Hoops. Shout out to my mom, who donated some money after myself and Gavin Peterson spoke so highly of Pocatello, Idaho. So you just never know what's going to motivate you to donate. 
But until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Running Hoops Podcast. And as always, go Utes.